Hi, I'm Phil Newman and welcome to the Impact Online podcast. We are so glad you're here. This morning, I want to talk about the power of a mother's seed, and it's from Exodus 2, 1 to 9. It says, Now a man from the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she made a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then the Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were along the riverbank. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent a female slave to get it. She opened it and saw a baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked the Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to come and nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. This is a story where a mother protected a child and put him in the Nile because at that time the king was killing all male babies up to the age of two. And so to protect him, she put him in the river just at the perfect time when the Pharaoh's daughter was there. And then God made a miracle that she could end up nursing her own baby. And so we don't know much else about her, but we do know whatever she put into Moses as that baby from the years of one to five um, was incredible because he became the deliverer of Israel and the Hebrew nation. Um, We see that the seeds that she planted in him impacted his life forever. It impacted the scriptures and also the plan of God for Israel. Also, we see that Moses was raised as a son of Pharaoh. So but he still never lost his Hebrew identity. And also we see that he worshipped and was trained to worship many gods. And yet when he met the true God in the burning bush, we see that he knew who that God was. How did she do it? How did she get from the ages of one to five? How did she put all that she could put into him about his identity, who he was, that he was a Hebrew child and that he could recognise the one true God? In Exodus 2, 1 to 9, we see there that I believe that she must have read to him and maybe she prayed with him and told him stories about God and she sang over him. But we will never really know. But I just know that whatever she did stayed with him for his whole life. You know, they say that it's the most critical stages of development is between one and five. The first five years of a child's development are the most crucial to their health, their well-being and the overall direction of their life. You know, there's a a show on Netflix called Old Enough and it's where two and three-year-old Japanese children end up running errands for their parents and they can go up to a half a kilometre and it just shows me that what a little two-year-old is actually capable of. It's the most crucial stages for them to learn. And as responsible parents, we always try and do the things that we can, learn what we can to to how to be good parents, to help our children grow and develop and help them achieve the goals that they need. You know, there's varying parenting styles and the Bible says that we should train up a child in the ways they should go. But I'm seeing actually many children training up their parents in the way that they want them to go. The best way, I think, is the biblical way. Many parents today want to get away from their kids and farm them out as soon as possible. And, but, you know, the greatest time for learning is the ages from one to five. So, and that sets them up for life. 
Unless Moses' mother had actually planted those seeds of faith into him, we would have never seen the harvest of deliverance that we saw in Israel. You know, in 1 Corinthians 6, 3, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one who actually causes the increase. It's our job to plant the seed. Sometimes someone else will water it, but it's actually God that causes the increase. And we can see there that had Moses' mother not planted those seeds, that when he grew up, he wouldn't have gone back to his Hebrew heritage. He wouldn't have known the God the one true God. So we see there whatever seeds she planted actually came to harvest. My first point today is prepare the soil. In Hosea 10, 12, it says, sow with a view of righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until He comes to rain righteousness on you. You know, we are the soil of our child's life. If you want to pass on faith, you need to have faith. If you want to pass on being godly to your kids and having godly children, then you need to model having a godly life. You know, what we do in moderation, our children will do in excess. And I remember my parents saying to me, you know, I don't want you drinking, I don't want you smoking, but they drink and they smoke. So it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but, you know, we need to take responsibility for when we make mistakes. And we need to be living according to what we want our children to live. You know, good soil is regularly broken up and softened. And as we continue to grow in God ourselves, we need to be in those right conditions where we're being pruned and that we keep growing and that we keep producing fruit. What type of soil are we are for our kids to grow in? And what are we modelling to our kids? You know, children who see physical violence between their parents are six times more likely to abuse their own spouses after they marry. And, you know, if these children are actually um, hit or abused when they're teenagers, they're 12 times more likely to abuse their spouse. You know, our home environment is where we actually learn our behaviour. So, you know, it's not about the outside, it's about what we have inside and who we are. Genuine love meets the needs of safety and nurture. And that's what we need to be showing to our kids. Genuine faith that is consistent and open. My second point today is we need to select the seed in Galatians 6 verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For what a man sows, a man will also reap. We need to start with the end in mind. What type of harvest do you want to produce in your kids? Otherwise, if you don't know that, you won't know what seed to select. You have to decide what seed you're going to plant and you need to be intentional about it. It must be a conscious decision because we're all planting something at this point of time. So what are we planting? You know, I read a story in Reader's Digest and it, and it told the story about a company who mailed out some special advertising and what they did, they got mustard seeds and they put them on the business cards and they said this, if you have the faith as small as this mustard seed in our particular product, you're guaranteed to get an excellent result and be totally satisfied, signed the management. A few months later, a man wrote back to the company and he said, you'll be very interested to know that I planted that mustard seed and it's grown into a very healthy bush producing amazing tomatoes. Because sometimes we grow things that we didn't expect because we've actually planted the wrong seeds. You will always grow what you plant. We need to plant seeds of love for God, prayer, worship, love for the Word of God, love for church, love for people, honour and respect for authority, obedience, 
biblical values, fruit of the Spirit. We need to start putting those type of seeds into our kids if we want that type of incredible harvest of them living a full and productive life. Number three, we need to plant the seed. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, it says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith that's in you, which was in your grandmother Lois, and it was in your mother Eunice, and now it's in you as well. You know, seed planted and produced for generations, we see that. And, you know, I look at my mother and I look at Ian's mum, both our grandmothers. They were all sowing seed. They both always prayed for us. Ian's mum continually prays for the whole family every night. You know, I remember when I was a child, they sent me off to Sunday school and there were seeds that were planted in me then that when as I grew up, there was a hunger to find out who this God was. And I look at Tamia and I see her generation now. She has got her own personal walk with God and now I'm seeing her putting those seeds of incredible um, growth into and kindness and love into Suki. And, you know, it was my sister that went to Sunday school and it changed her life completely. And she was the only one in our whole family that went to church, but she prayed us, all the whole family, into the kingdom of God. We are consistently and continually planting seeds. What you say is always teaching something. You know, people do what we do, not what we say, but they're watching what we say. Are our words, do we honour them? Are we people that keep our words? Whenever there was a chance, I would teach the girls principles. You know, we'd go out to a cafe and, you know, if we had a bad waitress, I'd say, you know, do you think that girl's going to keep her job very long? You know, that's not a good work ethic. And then when we saw someone that really did serve us well, I'd say that girl, she's going to get promoted because she's incredible at what she does. So I always try to use different circumstances and situations where I could teach the girls biblical principles that would help them and establish them. And I've got to say that both my girls have incredible work ethics because I believe that I was teaching and modelling that all through their life. You know, principles are more caught than taught. What seeds have you been intentionally planting? Number four, we need to promote growth and create the right conditions. And that's what we saw with Moses' mother. She created the right conditions. She hid him for three months. She made a basket and then she coated it with tar and peach. Then we see that she put him among the reeds, among the bank of the Nile. She didn't put him in the main part of the river where the current could take him away, but she put him in a safe place. It wasn't in the current. She put his sister there to stand and watch over him to protect him. And then she put him in at the exact time that Pharaoh's daughter happened to be going down to bathe in the river. So we see there that she did everything that she could to create the right conditions for her boy to be saved and to be looked after. And that's exactly what happened. And then she even got to nurse him and was able to then put all these principles that she knew about her God into him. And as he grew older, we see that all those principles stayed in him. She provided the right conditions for him. You know, you won't get those right conditions in the world, but you will find them in the church. Kids' church is an incredible place where we send our kids. And I want to say, that's putting your kids into right conditions. Tamir always has had a heart for kids. You know, we've got youth, incredible youth leaders, incredible youth team. We need to send and make sure that our kids are youth. You know, I can't believe it as a pastor 
I've seen over the years where parents have punished their kids because they've done stuff wrong and saying, right, you're not going to youth now. That should have been, now you're going to youth <laughs> because that's where they're going to learn and grow and get the right conditions to grow and to flourish. You know, we've got incredible pastoral care here, young at heart. We want to cover every phase of a person's life. Pharaoh's daughter created an incredible opportunity for him to have success, to have the best education, to be taught by the best people, to have whatever resources he needed, he had it. But it didn't actually keep him. When he saw the Hebrew slave being killed, something inside him just rose up and we saw he was he turned his back on everything that he had grown up in. All those external things meant nothing to him. But Moses' mother created a right condition for him for his spiritual growth, but also for his calling. In Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, it talks about holding fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, a study showed that a mum and dad who attend church regularly, both mother and father, 72% of those children will remain faithful to going to church. If it's only the dad, it's 55% remain faithful. If it's only the mum, it's 15%. If neither attend regularly, only 6% will remain faithful. So we can see there that the statistics speak for themselves. Example of parents and adults is more important than all the efforts of church and programs. It's being that example. It's planting the right seeds into our kids. It's modelling it. It's living it. We see there that, you know, none of that can happen unless they're going to a healthy church. And, you know, impact is a healthy church where your kids are going to get great input, but they still need it from home. Number five, that we plan for the harvest, that we sow with the harvest in mind. We need to know what the end goal is, that our children have a personal relationship with Jesus, that they know God for themselves, that they understand obedience and submission is not actually a punishment, but it's principles that will set them up for life. They need to know that God will never leave us, that we're never alone. That we need to be able to display and continue to grow in the fruits of the Spirit, living a fruitful and productive life. We need to find the purpose and calling and help them achieve that. We need to leave a legacy with our kids. We need to be consistent in our walk and our growth with God because they will do what we do and not what we say. We need to have convictions that are non-negotiable. And also we need to have right things in our lives. We need to have boundaries. We need to have protection. We need to be people of the word and action and deed. We need to have tough love sometimes. I want to encourage you today, even if you see no evidence of growth in the seed, if you think nothing's happening, you know, I've been planting seed and, and my kids are going off track or, you know, it doesn't matter what you see. I want to say that those seeds in the right conditions after even 2,000 years can come and produce fruit. They can bear fruit. You know, I just want to say today that never, you never know when, where and how the seeds of faith are going to come back. But I believe that they're going to come back and they're going to bless our lives this morning. You know, Moses' mother planted seed with her eyes 
on the harvest and that's what we need to do. How she did it, she prepared the soil. She was good soil for her kids. She selected the seed. She intentionally selected the seeds of identity and worship, who he was and whose he was. Number three, she planted the seed. She was consistent. It lasted for generations. She was intentional. She knew that he was chosen by God. Number four, promote growth. Get those right conditions happening. Make sure that the seed's watered. Make sure that the weeds are pulled out. You know, one of the greatest weeds that I see that take our kids out is friends. Make sure that they're hanging with good friends because show me your friends and I'll tell you what you like. Number five, plan for the harvest. Even if she couldn't see any evidence of that seed sprouting, she still trusted God with it. Every faith seed that you take time to plant into your children and into your family will never come back void. Whatever you desire is for your children and your home, I believe, if delivered and declared in faith, will last through any and all weathered, beaten circumstances. The power of a mother's seed. Thanks for listening to our Impact Online podcast. We release a new episode every week and you can access all our podcasts and videos via our website. Visit impactchurch.me for lots of extra resource. We'll see you next time at Impact Online.